So we're in this series, uh, The Holy Spirit. Um, and last week we just talked about the personality. We just ended talking about the personality of the Holy Spirit. And we broke down three elements of communion with the Holy Spirit. Fellowship, partnership, and intimacy. Remember that? Now, we talked a lot about having intimacy with the Holy Spirit here at Light and Life, so I don't want you to forget, in order to have intimacy, you must know the personality of the one you seek to be close with. And it's so true in marriages, too, right? In order to have in intimacy, you must, you must know the one that you want to be intimate with. You must seek the one that you want to be close with. It's true with human relationships, and it's also true with the Trinity. So I hope that we helped you with that during part two. Let me start with a question today. How many of you love uh, the atmosphere that the media team and the worship team have created for you? How many of you love that? Can you just let them know? Yes. Pretty awesome, huh? So I want you to know how much sacrifice and work and time and energy, and I'll even add disappointment because people kind of come to church and leave, and when they leave, they leave a hole in the worship team or in the media team or in children's church. It's really difficult. When there's a part missing of the body, the body can't function properly. So they also deal with a lot of frustration of constantly having people come in, commit themselves, and then not show up. So they've done, they've, they put up with a lot to create this atmosphere uh, of worship for you. The lights, the stage decorations, uh, the paint, all the practice that the worship team puts in, and the media team shows up to make sure all the sound is right. Uh, do you know they spend their own personal finances to make this atmosphere a better place for you? Want to know why? Who can answer that? Because they love you. Yes. In the last several weeks, I know Alex and Richard have poured hours and hours of their own personal time into making this atmosphere here and online for Facebook even better. Uh, and so we're grateful for how much those two love us. Thank you, too. Um, but I'm, I need to ask you something. What good is all of this without the presence of God? Do you realize that some church leaders have chosen atmosphere over presence? You know what I say? I say let's have atmosphere and presence. Yeah? It's not bad that you do this to make it easier. We dim the lights, you know? I mean, it started with my son, Jonathan. He just said, man, I wish you guys would dim the lights. I worship easier when it's a little darker in the room. And it took me a while to obey my son, but <laughs> eventually Richard said the same thing, and then Dusty said the same thing, and Katie said the same thing, and pretty, pretty soon it was like one of those ding, ding, ding moments. Can we have atmosphere and presence? So, Dusty, you just got to work a little bit harder to bring more of the presence of God so that we can have it. Who brings the presence of God into the house of God? That's right. It's not up to Dusty. It's up to you to work on stuff out there, the stuff that you're hiding. I'm sick of Sunday morning faces. You know, I heard something yesterday, Pastor Josh and I went to a conference all day yesterday, and it was for the Free Method, our Keystone Conference. It was amazing, some of the stuff I heard. Uh, there was a book that just blew my mind, and I, we just, Pastor Josh got a sermon, I got a sermon, so I'm like, let's do a series. I don't know when it'll happen, but it's on emotional and spiritual health. It's amazing. Um, 
And I heard something that was very interesting that I'm going to preach on, but I'm just going to let the cat out of the bag. Um, our, our Monday should look no different than our Sunday. Come on, that really makes you think. So many of us act a certain way here because we don't want anybody to know we're struggling. And, we, and then on Monday, we just, or sometimes we don't even wait till Monday. We wait till we get in the car with our family and we just start verbally abusing them. But we raise our hand and we dance and we shout hallelujah in here. Our home life should be the same as our church life, right? Isn't that powerful? I'm not interested in creating an atmosphere where people just experience another church, right? I want people to feel and sense the manifested presence of Jesus Christ. And who's the one who does that? The Holy Spirit. So I want to be a church, and I'm reading a book right now about this by uh, Bill Johnson, is it? Hosting the Presence. I want to be a church that hosts the presence of God. Remember, my goal has always been that, that people know our church by the presence of God. Well, now I'm really on a mission for that. Even more, because I want more. In order to do that properly, we have to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. We have to partner with the Holy Spirit. And we have to have intimacy with the Holy Spirit. I hope you realize that God's given you the key for all your problems out there. You're not supposed to just tap into the Holy Spirit for an hour and a half at church. Right? So what I want to do in this next part of this series is to go deeper into our intimacy with the Holy Spirit for today. I want to discuss how to engage with God's Spirit at the deepest level. And discover an intimacy with your Creator that, listen to me, you can't have with anyone or anything else. We started talking about it last week in your notes. Intimacy goes deeper than fellowship. It goes into sharing your thoughts, your secrets, and the desires of your heart. Intimacy is much deeper than just fellowship. I believe that you can have a relationship with the Holy Spirit where you desire what He desires. Remember we talked about His emotions where when He weeps, you weep because you're so close to Him. And where you can know the secrets of God the Father. Isn't that crazy? That's a crazy thought. Did you know that God has secrets that He wants to share with you? Did you know that? But just like the way we humans share secrets, He only shares them with his close, intimate friends. Hmm. Why well, don't understand this about God? Well, get to know God a little bit better. And maybe he'll reveal it to you. Become his friend. His close, intimate friend. It all comes down to friendship. This is the end goal of communion in your notes. The Spirit of God desires to be your friend. Everybody say friend. I want you to understand that you can apply what it means to be a friend in your human relationships with God. It's the same kind of thing. Someone you can trust. Someone you can tell your deepest, darkest secrets to, and they're not going to spread it all over Dubois. Someone that you can go to during your darkest hours, and someone that you can go to when you're on the mountaintop and rejoice with. He's a friend. He yearns for your fellowship. James the Apostle made this statement in James 4, 5. Or do you think that the Scripture says in vain, the Spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? He yearns jealously. What does he yearn for in your notes? The Spirit of God yearns for our intimate communication. He yearns for you to be friends with him. 
But yeah, and I want you to listen closely, he yearns jealously, which means, and this is, get ready, you have your steel toe boots on? Teenage girls, do not choose boys over the Holy Spirit. They will not solve all your problems. They will not always make it worse, but they will not fulfill all your needs. And neither will sex, teenagers, adults, single adults. And neither will alcohol. Do you know that one of your lovers can be alcohol? And that's why we've made a standard in this church that if you're a leader in this church and you're getting drunk, you will be released. Because we are making a stand. I don't care what the other churches believe. I believe what the Word of God says. And if I find out you're getting drunk and I've warned you, you're done. And we want to restore you, right? We're not kicking you out. We're not getting rid of you for good. But you need to be released so that you can get some self-control in that area. And we'll restore you as soon as you are remorseful and you repent. Right? Because we don't put up with that. Because the Holy Spirit does it. And if I want the Holy Spirit to be the number one thing in your life so that you can have revival, not just for you, but your family and your workplace in this area, the Tri-County area, then we have to deal with your other lovers. And I have them too. The problem with me is I can't hide it, especially when I wear a tight sweater. <laughs> Food is one of my lovers that God's dealing with me. It's no different than alcohol. And I still grieve the Holy Spirit when I run to food to comfort me instead of him. Are you getting this? So don't be offended over the alcohol thing because there's a lot of other things I can mention if you want me to go on a rant. He's not going to tolerate other lovers in your life. So just, just read right before verse 5 uh, in, in James 4, and you'll see that if you make yourself a friend of the world, which means running after the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, or the pride of life. Pride of life is like when you're worried about status and position. If you seek those things like the world does, what happens is you put friction between you and the one you're supposed to be close with. You create a feud or a rivalry. James calls it, calls it, in my own words, an eternal war within you. Can I tell you that it's one of the reasons why many of you don't have peace? Because you are trying to live in the world and in the Spirit at the same time. And if you try that, all you're going to have is chaos and turmoil in your heart every single day of your life. Because you're trying to live on the fence. And I have bad news for you. The devil owns the fence. In your notes, living on the fence in the world and in the spirit at the same time is what makes the Holy Spirit quiet in your life. Because he yearns jealously for you. He wants you just like a man would not want his wife sleeping with all the other guys in town and then coming home and expecting intimacy from her husband. Not going to happen. Just like that, the Holy Spirit is not going to be intimate or close to us if we're flirting with the world. He's not going to. He's with you when you're doing that, but he won't, he'll just be quiet. You'll grieve him. He'll, he'll, what's the word I'm looking for? Step, he'll step back. He will withdraw. But he's still there because he promises that he'll never leave you. 
So the moment you say, I'm sorry, he's back. And the moment you start speaking to him and, and talk about the things that he likes to talk about, he comes back. And can I tell you, he'll come back with power. Yeah, it's going to mess you up. Katie taught me the word wreck, and I haven't stopped using it since. He'll wreck you, and it'll be good. Yeah. So remember something. We're to go into the world, but we are not to be of the world. Amen? Right? Right? So just look at Jesus. He went into some pretty tough places when he was on planet Earth. He had prostitutes following him all around, religious leaders trying to catch him and trick him into saying things. But he wasn't going to be a part of what they pursued. Did you hear me that? Do you hear me? He wasn't going to be a part of what they pursued. He was going in there to reach them. So I always say, if you, if you, if you think that God wants you to go into the bars, you, know, you, you better not have a problem with alcoholism. And if you go in there and you feel like they're pulling you away from your faith, you better get out quickly. Same thing with a house that's smoking marijuana or drinking alcohol. If you're going in there to make a stand and try to help them, if they start to drag you down, which I don't understand today, but we have Christians that are talking other Christians into drinking. I don't get it. It's so wrong. But if you don't have the strength to be in that atmosphere, you just say, I'm sorry, I've made a stand in this area of my life, and I don't think I'm better than you, but this is just my conviction, and I cannot be around you anymore. You know, they can do whatever they want with that, but I'm making a stand in my life, right? Man, do you feel the conviction in the room? That's the Holy Spirit. It's not me pointing my finger at you. Because I'm under too much heavy conviction to worry about your conviction. I'm telling you what, when you start a relationship with the Holy Spirit, He just starts taking things out of your life because He wants as much as He can get out before I go. Right? He wants me to be able to offer as much as I can to Jesus because your whole life's going to pass before the fire. And you're only going to be rewarded for what survives the fire of God in heaven. And so what if everything that passed through survives? That's what we're talking about. That's what I want for you. So in order for that to happen, I have to point these really annoying things out in your life and in my life. I love to be annoying because the Holy Spirit's annoying sometimes. <laughs> he is. He's awesome. Why is he always mentioning alcohol? Well, not because of you, because I don't even know you're struggling with it, but probably the Holy Spirit saying it's time. Time to walk away. We found out last week that when you are intimate with the Holy Spirit, that you're going to find at times that he is a mighty like a warrior. But yet he also carries some feminine attributes of a woman, and he's tender, and he's sensitive, and he's emotional. He's the emotional member of the Trinity. So here's another aspect of the Holy Spirit that you need to know in your notes. It's not just sin that causes him to be quiet. If you just simply don't engage him, excuse me, he will be silent. If you don't engage with the Holy Spirit, he will be silent. He won't engage you unless there's, there's like an urgent matter that he needs you to go and do or go and address. But otherwise, he's waiting for you to address him. We're going to give you an opportunity to do that today. Do you know this is why so many Christians are complaining that God isn't speaking to them? Number one, they're not engaging him. Number two, they don't understand his personality. So talk to him. You're going to be amazed at how he will respond very quickly. Now, let's go, to, uh, let's go together to the Last Supper in John chapter 16. If you want to turn there in your Bible, 
Uh, in the black Bibles in front of you, it's page 1069 if you didn't bring a Bible with you. Otherwise, you can read with us up on the screen. I'm reading this passage from the New Living Translation, and this is where it gets so good. Jesus is sitting with his disciples. I believe there was like 11 at this time. And he's talking to them about the work of the Holy Spirit. John 16, beginning with verse 12. This is interesting. There's so much more that I want to tell you guys, but you can't bear it now. Listen, he's looking at these 11 guys and he's saying, I have so much to tell you, but you can't handle it right now. Now that statement is supposed to get our attention. This should get your radar up. Are you going to tune into what he's about to say? If he can't explain it, who's going to? Verse 13, when the spirit of truth comes, he will. Sounds like a pretty important part of my walk with God. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. In other words, there are things I want to tell you, but I can't. But when the spirit of truth comes, he will. This is amazing what Jesus is saying here about the importance of every piece of the Trinity in your life. He goes on, he will not speak on his own, but he will tell you what he has heard. He will tell you about the future. He, can you imagine that? We get so linked that God's starting to speak to us about other people's future and our own. This is a gift that some people function in. You know why? Because they're intimate with the Holy Spirit. Verse 14, he will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That, this is why I said... The Spirit will. The Spirit will tell you whatever He receives from me. Remember that Jesus said, it is best for you that I go away because the Spirit of God needs to fulfill His role in your life. And He cannot do that if I stay here. Do you recall in John chapter 20 that after Jesus was raised from the dead, that 10 of His disciples were in a room with the doors locked? How many remember that story? And boom, he appears out of nowhere. Walked right through the room and boom, he's standing right in their midst. And they thought he was gone forever. He died. They put him in a grave. He's done. It's over, Rover. We lost. Must be he wasn't the real Messiah. And you know, you know how we doubt whether Jesus is real? And then if you actually call out to him, boom, he'll show up in the room. Boom, he shows up. And remember, he's not a spirit. Because he said, look at my hands, look at my feet, you can see that it's really me. Touch me and make sure, and this is what he said, I'm not a ghost, because ghosts don't have bodies, as you see that I do. But he walked through a wall, which we will be able to do, by the way, when we get our glorified bodies. I can't wait for that day. Jerry's going to be so impressed with me, I'm going to go, boop, look at that. <laughs> boop. <laughs> Where'd I go, Jerry? Boop, here I am. He's going to be like, whoa, you were right. When you were saying this on earth, you were right. Try it, Jerry. He walked through a wall. The disciples are amazed, but there's one disciple that's not there. Who is it? Thomas. Thomas wasn't there. So when they saw Thomas a few days later, they said, dude, we saw him. We touched him. Thomas is like, you're nuts. Have you guys been drinking since the crucifixion? You know, I will, and he said, I won't believe it unless I see the nails, wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wound in his side. So what does Jesus do? 
what does Jesus do? He pops up a few days later. He just pops into the room again a few days later. And he says, okay, Thomas, before we begin this next discussion, let's take care of your doubt. And he says, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. You know, Thomas collapsed to the floor and he says, my Lord and my God. Now, some of you could say, well, you know, I'd believe if I was Thomas too and I could touch and feel and see. But you know, Jesus covered that. He goes on, this is so cool. Verse 29, Jesus says to them, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Now that sounds like a slam. Oh, ye of little faith, you had to see me to believe. Blessed are those who have not seen in 2020 and yet have believed. Sounds kind of harsh to say to Thomas. I mean, Thomas already felt bad that he doubted at all. But if that's if you focus only on the first part of that passage. Because the second part of that passage is really saying it is much more blessed to not see me because you can go to a deeper level of relationship with me. You can go deeper with me if you don't see me. Let me explain what's happening here in your notes. This is true in the church world and in the world world. Uh, There are three levels of relationships in your notes. Number one is physical. The physical level is the lowest level in any relationship. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. The physical level is the lowest level of any relationship. Unfortunately, this is the level of relationship that many get married off of. And they ignore everything else. And you, I'm telling you, all you have to do is be a counselor to hear the words that come out of people's mouth. I know we don't get along, but I know, I know she's abusing me, but the sex is so good. I know that they don't like my kids and abuse them, but they get married on the physical level while the soul level never gets developed. And what happens is after the honeymoon stage wears off, they realize they have nothing in common. The intimacy stops. The communication stops. Eventually, they lose contact with each other. Why? Because they got married based off of the physical part of the relationship. The next level of relationship is the soul in your notes. Soul. The soul level in your notes is the personality of a person and is considered the middle level of relationships. This is the level in which David and Jonathan in the Bible went to. 1 Samuel 18.1 says, The soul of Jonathan was knit, was knit to the soul of David. Wow, what a statement. Can you imagine your spouse saying that to you? Your soul is knit to mine. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Now, don't go too far with this next one. And I didn't know my son was going to be here. He just happened to be here at this moment. Okay, and his name is Jonathan. But okay, let's go there. So please don't perverse this, okay? Because in 2 Samuel 1.26, he said, I am distressed for you, my brother Jonathan. You have been very pleasant to me. Your love to me was wonderful, surpassing the love of all the women I've ever had in my life. This was not a perverted relationship with Jonathan. It was a relationship where souls are so tightly knit that they were so connected in their souls that there is a deeper connection that David had with Jonathan than he had with his own wives. That's all it's saying. 
And that's all that it's saying. This is the level that hopefully marriages connect to. Listen, is the physical level important? I would hope that you're physically attracted to your wife and your husband. I hope so. You know, it is important. It's, not, it, it's just not what sustains the relationship. You know, here's something funny I found out Josh McDowell said about this. He said, the physical aspect of marriage is one-twelfth of a relationship. And oh, what a one-twelfth it is. <laughs> I knew Jerry would laugh. Unfortunately, we have heard of situations where married couples have left each other for someone that they met on the internet, right? Want to know the reason why? They developed a soulish relationship together with that person on the internet. And somehow it surpassed the physical and soulish relationship they had with their own spouse and even with their own children. Do you know this is why some relationships that start out long distant ends up being some of the greatest marriages? Because you don't have the battle of the flesh interrupting or blocking their souls being knitted together. The next level of relationship is spiritual. This is the highest level. The spiritual level is the highest level of all relationships. And this would be the level that Jesus was talking about with Thomas. Okay? 1 Corinthians 2.11 says, For who among men knows the thoughts of a man? Except who? The spirit of the man which is in him. In other words... No one, listen to me, no one knows the true thoughts or the motives or the intentions of another human being unless he knows his spirit. And I really want you to think about this because this is something that our enemy is using to, make many, to take many of us out. I cannot believe how many people have left churches in Christianity based on miscommunication, based on a misunderstanding or a misreading. And it, and it could have all been avoided if they just went to those people and just asked a series of questions. First of all, did you really say that? What did you mean by that? Did I offend you when I blank, blank? Will you forgive me? I cannot tell you how many times people have misinterpreted something I've said or a look I gave or a gesture I made and never asked me about it. Or the amount of people that think that pastors can read minds. That, that somehow they know on a Tuesday afternoon that you're depressed and you're having a pity party and you're wondering why the pastor isn't calling you. <laughs> okay, I'm tapping into the Spirit now and maybe the Spirit will be able to reveal those things to me eventually and I know He does do that. But come on, why not just come to us and say I'm struggling? Right? Go to the Spirit first and then come to us if you don't get an answer. Okay? This is a takeout. Miscommunication, misunderstanding, misreading. The closest relationships that I have had with people were spiritual. And let me tell you, when you can share a spiritual relationship with your spouse, it is powerful. And can I tell you that everything in that relationship is more powerful? Can I make a statement without getting let off another week from preaching? Can I make this statement, leadership team, don't, please don't fire me. Even the sex is better. I think Angel just listened to a sermon recently about how sex is actually a spiritual act. And she can tune you into that. When you connect with your spouse on a spiritual level, 
everything in that relationship is more powerful. It doesn't mean that you're going to be on the same spiritual level. It just means that you're going to be equally yoked. You're going to be growing together, maybe at a different pace. Maybe you'll surpass, but it's not about a competition. As long as you both are pursuing God, equally yoked, believing the same things, not fighting each other and not making the other one feel bad because they're at church, right? You both believe in the same God. You're both striving for intimacy with the Holy Spirit together. There's nothing more special than a couple who sits down and talks about what God is doing in their lives. So if you're not doing that, couples, you need to start that. Angel and I have so much going on right now that we, we, we like, we like, we get, I, I can't even explain it. Like she comes home from the uh, missions core course and she just has so many stories that, and I'm like, well, wait a minute, I got to tell you about my day too. And you wouldn't believe what just happened. And I just met with somebody who just let somebody go of forgiveness. And so she patiently waits until I'm done telling all the things that God's doing. And then I patiently wait because I can't wait to tell her the next story because my fish is bigger. You know, my God's bigger, you know, my miracle's bigger. So it's almost like a competition. Wouldn't that be great? That's a good competition. You know, my God did something bigger than what you did today, you know. So that's pretty cool. That's the way our life has been lately. It's really good. We share our struggles too, right? But we share the good things about what God's doing in our life. And you know what? There are also people in our church that'll tell you that there's nothing more painful than not having their spouse in church with them today. not having a hunger for God in them, and actually forbidding them to talk about God in their home. And I got to tell you guys, I weep for these, these people. And if you're here today without your spouse and you keep coming every week to grow closer to Jesus, can I just tell you something? And I've told you this before. You are one of the biggest heroes in my, in my heart. Really, seriously. Single parents and single moms and single dads. I mean, you absolutely blow me away because I know you're struggling with loneliness. And you're also wrestling with that self-control, not just rushing into another physical relationship, right? You're incredible warriors. I'm, I'm just amazed. And what you're doing, by the way, is not in vain, okay? Don't give up. And don't go home and nag them. You can't nag somebody into the kingdom of God. You still love them, you still respect them, and you honor them. You don't have to do everything they're saying if they're telling you to do something against the word of God. But you can love them, respect them, and honor them, just like you would anybody else in our society. Homosexual, the, the drunk, if you go to New York City and you run into a homeless person, you don't persecute them. You love them, respect them, and honor them. It's what we do with each other as a family, right? In your notes. You connect with people on the spiritual level when you fellowship with them around the word of God and when you pray with them. It's basically when you walk with them. It's when you do life with them. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is how you connect to people on a spiritual level. So couples, you can start there. Single people, I, I know, uh, you know, Jared's just so connected to God right now. I, I, you know, you can say no, by the way, but I just love where you are with God in your devotional life, so I've been sending people your way, but you don't have to say yes to everybody, okay? Like, we just have young men that are just hungry and need help, and, and when some of our young men are in good spiritual places, I send them that way, because I can't, I can't disciple everybody. So I hope you're hearing something else. Hey, hey, young men and men in the church, we need you to be intimate with the Holy Spirit, because we cannot disciple everybody. It is wearing us out. 
we need you to rise up. Get rid of the sin in your life and choose Christ. Come on. Because God has a plan for you, and I'm telling you, there's people that could really respond to you. And so the enemy says, yeah, but I'm not perfect enough yet. You know what? That's allowing the enemy to, take you, to use your baggage to take you out. When God wants to use your baggage for a strength and to change lives. So shame is not of God. So stop being ashamed of what you did yesterday. Ask for forgiveness, move on, and wield it as a weapon. Wield it as, yeah, I used to be addicted to meth, so what? So is a lot of other people. And let me tell you how I got set free, because I tried everything. I tried all the counseling and all the, all the group therapy, not that those aren't necessary. I tried all of that, but man, when I met Jesus, it was gone. So let, let me lead you to Jesus, and let's start there. See the difference? There's power. There's power in your weakness, I'm telling you. In your notes. Because you really don't know a person until you get to know their spirit. You don't really know a person until you get to know their spirit. That's why, that's why, if, I hope you listen to me carefully. I, man, I'm just, the Holy Spirit's adding so much this morning. That's why we need to have Teflon. We need to be like Superman. We need to be bulletproof. We need to have our shield of faith up all the time. So when our coworkers say nasty things about us, we can say, you know what? I'm not going to take this personally because they don't know me. They totally misread me. So I'm not going to take I'm not going to fall apart just because someone said I was the worst worker in the building or the laziest teenager ever. I'm not going to listen to that because I know my identity in Christ. That's not going to penetrate me. Come on. So I want to give you two illustrations that you may have experienced that might help you understand what I'm talking about when I'm, when I'm talking about you don't know a person until you know their spirit. Have you ever had someone come up to you and they just started quote, quoting scripture at you and immediately you felt tired inside? Your mind just got exhausted listening to them. You want to know why? They're talking out of their heads. And then there are people who come up to you and when they speak, you immediately feel inspired inside. And you could talk to these people for hours and never get enough of them. Want to know why? Because they're talking from their spirits. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians 2.11 from the New American Standard Version and finish what it says. Verse 11, for who, among you, who, for who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the spirit of man which is in him? Now listen, even so, who knows the thoughts of God? No one except the spirit of God. In other words, how are you ever going to know God without knowing his heart, or his spirit, and his heart, obviously, but his spirit will reveal his heart to you. How are you ever going to know God without knowing his spirit? And then he goes on in verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God. So that, everybody say so that. So One of the two biggest words in the word of God. Because we, we sometimes don't get past the so that because we don't get the first part right. And we never experience the manifestation of the so that. Because we have to do the first part to have the so that, okay? We have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the things freely given to us by God. This is why some of us have not received fully from God, because we haven't, gotten, we haven't done the first part of so that. We haven't tapped into the spirit of God. So we don't know the things that are free to us. So that we may know the deep things of God, the secret things, secret things of God. 
And you know, the Apostle Paul, he went to this spiritual level. And this is the statement that he makes in the book of Galatians. Galatians 1, 11 and 12. But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For, ne- for I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it. Interesting, he didn't go to Bible school. Interesting. It came through the revelation of the Spirit of God, Jesus Christ, Father God, Holy Spirit, because the Trinity is all one. It came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. He got it from the Spirit of God, right? Paul goes to this depth of relationship with Jesus, and it's so deep, it's so deep that that Peter, who cracks me up all the time, Peter finally writes a letter towards the end of his life, and do you know what he says about Paul? He says, this guy, Paul, he knows Jesus so well, so deeply, that I don't even understand some of his writings. I just don't get it. Let's read it together. 2 Peter 3, 15 through 16 from the New Living Translation. 2 Peter 3, 15 and 16. This is what our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you with wisdom God gave him. This is Peter speaking of these things in all his letters. Some of his comments are just hard to understand. And those who are ignorant and unstable have twisted his letters to mean something quite different, just as they do with other parts of Scripture. And this will result in their destruction. Some of his com- He's just too spiritual for me. Like, I kind of made that comment to my wife, okay? So uh, Thursday before I left, I, I got up a little bit. I can't remember. We were talking in the bedroom before we got up about God things, and we went down and uh, had breakfast with Carla, I think, was holding uh, Kaylee's baby. Kaylee was at worship practice, and so I just... I felt overwhelmed by the time I left. I said, man, you know, I have Friday. I have counseling Friday, and I have to try to finish my sermon Friday. And then Saturday, I'm gone all day, and I was feeling overwhelmed. And my spiritual wife, thank God for her, she said, you know what? Let's ask the Holy Spirit to make this message quick, that it'll come to you quickly. You'll be able to write it quickly, and you'll actually be done early. (laughs) I laughed inside. I'm like, yeah, right. Do you understand this is a Holy Spirit series? Like, this is really deep, and it's taken me two days to write every one of these sermons. It's just, it's just too deep, so I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. And she goes, well, we'll pray. And she didn't wait for me to have the faith. She just started praying, Holy Spirit, make this message be quick. And I was done by 2.30. The class online was only 20 minutes, which it's, it's, it's normally 45 minutes. Like, I couldn't even believe it. When I saw the time on the class, I went, oh, my word, my wife, I just can't handle her spirituality. I can't handle it. I don't know if I can stay with her, Alan. I just don't know. Like, she literally prayed that my sermon time would go quickly, and it happened. My ears got healed last week. I was having major problems with my ears, right? Leanne put oil in my ears. I tell you, I haven't had a problem since. And I even took your advice about bending over and leaning. I felt fluid coming out of my ears. It worked. There's homeopathic things that work as well, right? So I'm really not sure how much of it was God and how much of it, but it's okay because I think both worked. It's all of it, Right? Because God built our bodies in a certain way that homeopathic doctors know how your body works. And he created this natural draining. And I'm like, I never heard of it before. So I'll try it. I had to close the bathroom door because it looks weird. You know, but it worked. Do we believe? Do we believe? No, I guess not. Wow. Okay. All right. Let's go, let's go to Genesis chapter 1. In the beginning, we're going to go through the whole Bible and you're not leaving until everybody believes. Wow, are you a lame congregation. Do we believe? Come on. Holy Spirit, we believe. Will you manifest yourself? And we are not going to get critical of what you do. 
we're not going to doubt what you do. You've already wrecked our worship. And there are people that will sit back and judge it. We're okay with that. Because we just want more of you. In the name of Jesus. Some of his comments are hard to understand. You know what Peter's problem was? You know, why, you know what kept him from having a lack of understanding? Because he kept reverting back to his physical relationship with Jesus. He hasn't yet learned to walk spiritually with Jesus. And it's hindering him from understanding the words that are coming from heaven. That Paul's getting. And that's why we started this series out by telling you, the leaders of this church cannot be the Holy Spirit for you. Jesus told us earlier, you are more blessed if you can't see. In other words, you can go deeper with me if we connect on a spiritual level. You need to write that down. It's not in your notes. You can go deeper with Jesus if you connect with him on a spiritual level rather than just seeing him physically. I hope the guys are listening because, guys, we struggle. We want proof all the time, and we just have this, we just play this game where I need to see it to believe it, you know, That's just such a lie from the enemy. You can go deeper with Jesus if you connect to him on a spiritual level. By the way, in your notes, have you ever wondered why we get bored with stuff? Have you ever wondered why we get bored with stuff like cars and marriages and jobs and church? You know you can buy a brand new car and in one month it's like old? Why is that? Richard's going to tell you. Right? Because physical gets tired. Physical cannot go deep. That's why when people leave marriages for another person, because it's exciting in the beginning, and eventually it gets boring. And they go, holy crap, what have I done? I got to stop saying crap. I've been saying that a lot today. Everything physical gets boring. So God in his wisdom said, listen, I want you to listen and hone in. We're finishing up here. I understand the flesh, God says, and I refuse to reveal myself physically to you because you're going to get bored and tired with me. So I'm going to show you the deep things and the secret things of me through the Spirit. God says, I'm going to have a long-distant relationship with you so that you can really get to know my heart, so that when we get to the marriage, we're going to have a great, awesome, perfect marriage together. So going back to what Jesus was saying to Thomas, he was saying, Thomas, you can't really know me if you just live in the physical realm. You've got to get into the spiritual realm. And that's why Paul writes this in 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5.16. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus physically no longer. He left. So now we have to have a spiritual relationship with him. We know him by his spirit. Why? Because of what Paul read, what we read earlier that Paul said in 1 Corinthians. It's not going to be on the screen. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, who knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God? What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may understand what God has freely given us. So in your notes, the last thing I want you to fill in is if you want a deeper relationship with God, and I'm not talking a weird or spooky thing. 
I'm talking about a real knowing relationship. If you want a deeper relationship with God, you have to know him by his spirit. Because no one knows the thoughts of man and no one knows the thoughts of God except by the spirit. I'm going to ask the pastor's cabinet team to come. They're going to spread out up front. And this is what I believe the Spirit of God wants to do. Okay? And, you know, I hope that you at least just kind of give God a chance to speak to you and not just run out of here. But really, this is a dismissal. If you want to go, you go because we don't really know how long this is going to take. I want to remind you that please, if you're new to the church, stay with us to have lunch with us downstairs. As soon as we're done, we're going to come right downstairs. Alan and uh, Leanne, will you join us? Just kind of spread out here so we can have different lines formed. This is what I want you to do. I want you to be specific to them about why you're coming up. You can stand right here, Leon and Alan. Carmi, join Alan, sure, as a couple. Maybe there will be couples that come. Maybe you need your marriages, uh, just the Holy Spirit to show up in your marriage. If that's true, come to Alan and Carmi. You can come to them for other things as well. You can come to them if you're single as well. You come to whoever God points out to you to come to because I think it will be more powerful that way. But remember, I want you to be specific, and here are the things. If you want to be introduced to the Spirit of God for the first time in your life, you come to one of those leaders, and they will pray that your soul is flooded by his presence for the first time. He's going to be real to you. Maybe you used to be connected to the Spirit, but you fell away. And you'll come to them and say, listen, I used to flow in the Spirit. I know what he's talking about, and I just kind of fell away from my faith, and I just want to re-engage with the Spirit. And they will pray for a refilling of the Holy Spirit in your life. You know, there's something else that happens. There's a, there's a baptism of the Holy Spirit where you receive the gift of tongues, and we believe that here. And we don't believe it's a gift that is supposed to be squelched or not for today. We believe it's actually probably you're going to need it more than ever in the days to come. And so if you want to be baptized by the Holy Spirit, please let them know. I, I want to be baptized by the Holy Spirit, and they're going to lead you through that, and they're going to pray over you, and, and we're going to believe that you're going to receive the gift of tongues. Maybe you just want, maybe those of you that are mature and you're walking, maybe you're in the school of missions and you're really connecting every night with the school, maybe you can just say, you know what, I want the Spirit to reveal himself in a way he's never revealed, and I don't know what that is. I just want a fresh filling up of the Spirit. And for the rest of you, if you, if you stay and linger and just worship, I just want you to pray for everyone that's coming up front. If you have to leave, please leave respectfully and just go into the foyer, into the coffee bar if you're going to, or the cafe, if you're going to talk. And I want you really, honestly, we, there's no shame in here in leaving. We want you to have a great week. But for now, we're just going to ask the Holy Spirit to show up, right? So as I pray, why don't you just come? Father, Holy Spirit, we're just going to ask you right now, as people come for a, a first-time encounter, for a re-engagement, for the baptism, for a fresh filling, for whatever it is, that you will manifest yourself in the name of Jesus. Manifest yourself in these lives and that radically transforms them and brings revival to their souls. If there's anybody here that doesn't know the Lord, let's, let's, let's deal with that as people are coming. Richard, if you can just start some music. Let's ask for, if, if you've never asked Jesus into your heart and you need to start there because when you ask him into your heart, then you are imparted with the Holy Spirit. It's just sometimes we don't, we don't sense that he's there for a while. Sometimes it happens right when you say the prayer. So I just want to lead you through that. If you're there, if you're there this morning, we're not going to point you out. But if you just, just bow your head and just in your heart, just say, Father, forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my past and all of my wrongdoings. And I am asking you to come into my life as Lord and Savior. Thank you for welcoming me into your family. 
I'm not going to worry about what all that means. I just want to ask today that the Holy Spirit will reveal Himself and make Himself known to me so that I can start that journey with Jesus. And just start there. And then I would just ask if you did that, just to come up front and just tell them, I just asked Jesus into my heart and I would love to know and have a feeling of the Holy Spirit in my life. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's just hang out with God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah.